And I want other people to leverage it, man. I mean, it's painful to me when I see people who aren't using Pinterest. Coming to you in your speakers from Dubai to all around the globe. This is James Reynolds Traffic Jam Podcast. Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome back to Traffic Jam, the show that mixes interviews with internet traffic experts together with funky musical jams. I'm your host, James Reynolds, and this is Traffic Jam episode number two. Now, on today's show, my feature interview is with Jason Miles, the Amazon best-selling author of Pinterest Power, the definitive Pinterest marketing guide. Jason has been getting astonishing results for his e-commerce business, Liberty Jane Clothing, using Pinterest. Now, not only has Liberty Jane Clothing's Pinterest page got an exceptionally high following and level of engagement, but Pinterest has become the number one source of referral traffic to the Liberty Jane website. Now, the online store has over 200,000 digital downloads to date, many of which Jason has been able to attribute directly to Pinterest traffic. If you're ready to tap into the hidden power of Pinterest, then stay tuned for the interview with Jason coming right up. Later in the show, we've got the regular segments, this week's news in traffic, plus the one minute traffic tip where I'll be sharing a strategy that's working particularly well for me right now. Now, you want to make sure you stick around right till the end because I've got a very special giveaway courtesy of my guest today, Jason Miles. All of that before we close out the show with a classic Traffic Jam Jam. The Traffic Jam Podcast with James Reynolds. Now, a big thank you to everyone who listened in to and shared the first episode of Traffic Jam. Thanks to you all, we entered the iTunes rankings at number four in the new and noteworthy business section, which I think is pretty cool. So thanks for your support and continue listening. Okay, so let's jump into today's feature interview with Pinterest traffic specialist, Jason Miles. So welcome to the Traffic Jam podcast, Jason. Glad you've uh, been able to make it on the call today. Why don't you just start off by giving a little bit of background on who you are and your real interest in Pinterest? Sure. Thanks so much. Happy to be here. Uh, yeah, my name is Jason Miles. I'm the Vice President of Advancement at Northwest University in Seattle, uh, Washington. Uh, advancement for our university includes uh, marketing, social media, um, fundraising, and human resources. So I'm responsible for the corporate brand, social media strategy, and uh, those types of elements. I also started in 2008 a company with my wife around her skill set called Liberty Jane Clothing. And uh, it's a thriving six-figure business. It's growing incredibly fast. Uh, last year, revenue doubled. The wow. year before that, revenue tripled. Wow. Um, <laughs> this year, we think we're on track to double revenue again. And so it's completely on fire. Um, and it's really from Liberty Jane Clothing's experiences that we um, got into Pinterest and got very, very excited about it. I serve as sort of the chief marketer for, for that company. And um, although I only work evenings and weekends on it, that's sort of how I, um, how I help her and her team. And uh, so Pinterest became a very, very big deal to us um, about a year and a half ago now, almost two years. 
and I can describe for you why it's a big deal to us, what it does for us, and uh, the ways in which we use it. And um, so a book came out of that effort, uh, Pinterest Power. It yeah. was published with McGraw-Hill uh, this last fall. And uh, so that's been very, very fun. It's a bestseller, and uh, we're excited about that. So obviously you're a big believer in Pinterest, Jason. You've had a lot of success with it. But, you know, why Pinterest? What's the real attraction to it, you know, really as a marketing medium for, for businesses? Well, it's a good question. So I guess um, just to help clarify sort of why it's a, a, of a interest to us, we um, are pretty involved in social media strategy for Liberty Jane Clothing. Um, we've actually started on YouTube um, right when we started our business five years ago, started leveraging YouTube, really saw it as a social media platform. We've got about 9,600 subscribers in our YouTube channel now, about 1.7 million video views. And so we know YouTube really well. And then we added Facebook. And I think we're right at 25 or 26,000 fans uh, for our Facebook fan page now. So we knew Facebook really, really well. Um, and we knew what the numbers looked like out of those two sites um, in terms of referral traffic from them to our, you know, to our primary e-commerce site. Our primary e-commerce site is libertyjanepatterns.com. You can check it out. Um, we get, like last month, we had over a uh, half million page views, um, somewhere around 85,000 visits, somewhere around 50,000 unique visits, 45, wow. 50,000 unique visits. I don't have the stats right in front of me. So YouTube and Facebook were a big deal to us. But in the summer of 2011, we started to see Pinterest come up in our analytics, actually, uh, for our site traffic just with some you know, amount of visits, not very much. And we didn't know what it was. We didn't know anything about it, hadn't heard about it. It was kind of before it hit everybody's radar. And so we just sort of ignored it for a month or two. And then as it got into like August, September of 2011, the traffic started to really like double, triple, you know, every month and yeah. started to get serious. And so we looked into it. We figured out what was happening. As it turns out, all of our fans and followers, or a lot of them, were joining this new site, Pinterest, and they were pinning items from our website and sharing them on their pinboard collections and driving a good amount of traffic to our, uh, to our website. So um, we could see sort of the handwriting on the wall and realize that within a few months, this thing was going to surpass the traffic we were getting from YouTube and then surpass the traffic we were getting from Facebook. And for that to occur without us even being in Pinterest was <laughs> just crazy. I mean, we were That's on a sugar high realizing how much traffic was going to start to come out of this thing. And so we started to, to figure out how to jump into it. So that's sort of the journey. And Pinterest, I mean, the, the growth of that site on its own. I mean, I think I even heard you mention that the, the numbers have exceeded any other website previously in existence in terms of increase in subscriber base and, and traffic volume. It really sounds like you really kind of, you know, managed to hit the, the top of the wave here and jump on Pinterest right when it was sort of peaking out and, and, and take advantage of it for your own business. Yeah, we, we did. And, and the truth is that our business, our, our e-commerce site was just set up properly 
to uh, sort of take advantage or, or allow our customers to take advantage of, of Pinterest. So in that regard, we got kind of lucky. And then obviously we're in a visual space and, and in that regard, we got kind of lucky. So there's no doubt that we sort of had the stars aligned for us in our business. And that's what really piqued our interest initially. So in December of 2011, we decided to set up our own Pinterest profile for the business and really jump into it. We created a marketing plan yeah. and I published the marketing plan and I decided to start blogging publicly as well about um, our work in Pinterest. And I have blogged on and off before and we have a group of people who use um, our patterns. We produce patterns. Um, and they use them as the basis of from their uh, for their sew from home business, their sewing business. They sell on Etsy and eBay. And so I decided to blog for them and describe what was occurring with our work in Pinterest. And that was really the basis for the marketing side of this, where you know I started to write a, the book and the blog and, and started to do stuff like this interview. Um, that you- month that we launched our Pinterest profile, our traffic doubled out of Pinterest. Wow. It was from December to January, 2011 to January, 2012. Wow. You said you got lucky, Jason, with the fact that your business is extremely visual being one thing. Also an e-commerce business, which I could be dumb in saying this, but I think e-commerce businesses probably suit Pinterest quite well. What about the female demographic? Because I think your product at Liberty Jane is obviously aligned very much to the female market. And so many people do say that kind of Pinterest is um, kind of female dominated. I don't know whether the stats are that around 70% of people on Pinterest are are women. Would you also have that as a consideration to why you managed to do well with, with Pinterest early on? Certainly. Yeah. And uh, that is a fact. Um, the way in which they describe what's occurring um, in Pinterest is that Ben Silberman, the founder, described it as being initially accepted or adopted by Midwestern moms and Mormons uh, in Des Moines, Iowa was the primary city he grew up in. And that's where it caught on. It it was uh, adopted almost in a city by city way, almost a viral way like that. And then it started to grow. He has said that from the very beginning, it was growing at basically like a 40% month over month growth. Wow. Um, in fact, it was, you know, Fortune Magazine described it and TechCrunch has described it as the fastest growing website in history from 50,000 users to 17 million. Uh, that happened, you know, over a year ago now. And so it's certainly the case that it's a female-centric site. But the way I describe that to people is that's like saying that Facebook, a year and a half into it, was a college scene-centric site. Yeah, Um, that's true because that's the initial user community. But as it scales and it's already becoming more and more true, the gender mix on Pinterest will go to basically what it is for Facebook, which is like 58 percent female. Yeah, I mean, it it has to if it's going to continue to scale. So it was an initial issue, but I think more and more um, as it grows, men are are, uh, finding their place on it. I want to just read out some some stats to you that I found while kind of researching for today's interview. This is kind of around the topic of, you know, Pinterest being suited to e-commerce business. I was just flabbergasted by some of these numbers. I think 
said uh, I read somewhere that Pinterest users, um, you know, get inspiration for what they're going to buy um, by looking at Pinterest. And that's 70% of people will go to Pinterest to get inspired about what to buy. And 40, 47%, I think, of US online consumers have made a purchase based on recommendations from Pinterest. Now, those numbers to me as a kind of a, a non-Pinterest user are pretty, you know, amazing. And I think one more stat I should like to read also is that uh, conversion rates for Pinterest are deemed to be 50% higher than most other traffic sources. So I think that was socialmediatoday.com that said that. Why do you think Pinterest is so good for e-commerce and driving sales? Yeah, it's really what, what those stats say to us as marketers or uh, social media uh, professionals is that social discovery as a concept is taking over or is now competing strongly against search-based discovery. It is the case that users now are preferring to look on Pinterest for something and search in Pinterest for something because they know they can see an image of it. They know that it would be their social circle that would be um, documenting it or curating it as an object or as a topic. And then they know that that link will drive back to an e-commerce site or a store location where you can buy the item. Now, just think back two years ago or three years ago, if you wanted to find something new that you heard about, you would go to Google and text-based search for it, right? And then if you clicked on the images result in Google, you would see a hodgepodge of pure crap. and the Google search function for images just doesn't work, man. Yeah. Um, and the the reason it doesn't work is because it's bot-based, right? So yeah. it's algorithm-based. It's not being curated by human beings. And as soon as you get in Pinterest and as soon as you start figuring out that all your friends and connections and people you like in your industry you're following are curating things that are really, really cool, that have a great image, that have a great link to a trusted website, and there's a reasonably good search function that you can search for in that way, well, that just makes Google search look stupid. I guess it makes Facebook look kind of stupid as well from from that angle. I mean, Facebook has the social element and and recommendations, but you can't use it as a search engine currently to go out and find um, information relating to products or services, really, because the search sucks. So would you say that's one of the kind of the hooks for Pinterest as as something that really works for e-commerce search married up with social? Yeah, sure, for sure. And the, the visual nature of it. Cool. Well, let's talk a little bit about how to get things set up right with Pinterest. What's the first place to start? Are we really just looking at the profile and and what to fill in there? Is there something that precedes that, Jason, before we get started with Pinterest? Yeah, it's always a great question. And my answer always surprises people. If you're going to do things right for Pinterest, for your audience and crowd, you actually don't want to start on Pinterest. You want to start on your own website. And what you need to do is audit your website to make sure that your site is set up to work well for Pinterest users. So, you know, and this is a different part uh, sort of about Pinterest compared to Facebook or YouTube. You know, with, with Facebook, you can pretty much guarantee 
as a marketer, if you don't go in there and start pumping out content and, you know, friending people and getting fans, nothing's ever going to happen. And that's true of Twitter, and, you know, YouTube and all that. Well, yeah. with Pinterest, it's not actually that way. What, what occurs with Pinterest is your fans and followers will do work for you. They really will if you set your website up properly to support them. And so what you need to do is look at your website and ask a couple primary questions. The first one is on every page or post, is there an image that's unique that references that page or posts topic? And so for e-commerce sellers, it's very easy, right? So for product sellers, because yeah. generally what you would have is you'd have your catalog of products and each page generally would have or post would have a unique image for that unique product. And then Pinterest users can hit your site and start pinning, you know, things from it. Um, for content marketers, it's a bigger challenge and content marketers have to think through this. Um, it's not difficult though. Basically for content marketers, what people are doing now is creating almost what looks like a little display ad that is a, almost like a, a small infographic that describes the content on the page in a visual way. And it's very easy to make those in Photoshop elements. Um, you know, so you, if you have an article about 10, 10 tips for using Pinterest, you don't just have some picture of some lady <laughs> because that has nothing to do with 10 tips for using Pinterest. So what you want to do is just go into Photoshop elements make a simple little a graphic that says literally 10 tips for using Pinterest and you embed that in the post. And then when someone comes to your site, who's into Pinterest and uses Pinterest, um, they will have the tool in their browser called the pin marklet tool. They will click that and they will pin that article for you. And it will make sense in Pinterest immediately when someone sees it. And sometimes for content marketers, they, they stumble through that and they cannot get this right. Even huge social media sites right now are screwing this up. And I've told a couple of them they need <laughs> to change to do this. Um, and they don't, they don't seem to want to change their process. So the first place to start is on your, on your own website. Got it. Got it. I think they need to read a copy of your book, Jason. Perhaps uh, pop one in the post to them. So what makes <laughs> no, exactly. what so what makes a good uh, what makes a good Pinterest um, image? You've mentioned, you know, um, sort of summarizing, if you like, the the content of the page on which the image is displayed. What about getting into kind of types of images? Are you best with just a um, photographical um, picture or perhaps should we use those sort of images with sort of text and quotes laid over them is there a is there a right way or a wrong wrong way to do it or an effective and non-effective way to do it what have you found with images yeah there's two camps one camp is the physical product sellers and i'll describe that so you know physical product sellers you just really want to focus on <clears throat> your very best uh, photography and making sure that your photography is fully dialed in very very legitimate and you've got a mul you know, multiple images two or three in every post or every page on your site that people could then can choose from when they're gonna pin it for content marketers 
there are some tricks that work very well. Infographics work extremely well. So if you have an article and then you make an infographic that you embed into that article, that's fantastic. Um, how to's work very well where you actually build the image that has the, you know, one, two, three, four, five kind of steps on it. Um, yeah. I did a very fascinating study one time with a photographer who had Photoshop actions that she was trying to write about. And she had a picture that was brilliant. It was beautiful. And her thing was like her, you know, her tagline was like Photoshop actions to make any picture beautiful. And it got repinned on her, you know, through her customer or her followers in Pinterest relatively well. I took her picture and then I, I looked in her article and she had the original before image. Yeah. So before she had done any of the Photoshop actions and I just put them next to each other side by side. And then I, on the thing said the same exact copy five uh, Photoshop actions to make any uh, image beautiful. So in Pinterest, you could see an ugly picture and then see that same image really look amazing. And that got repinned like wildfire. So you have to just think about the visual, visual nature of Pinterest. You have to give people a reason to stop and click through. Um, you have to think of it like a display marketer, like a, you know, uh, a billboard marketer almost. Got it. And what about best format or shape? I, I think I read on your your blog about your long form pinatorial, I think you, you called it, where you had this massively <laughs> long kind of extended, you know, tutorial yeah. stroke infographic that went literally went about three miles long down. Um, you know, <laughs> I was like, I was, you know, blown away by the fact that that, that would actually upload to uh, to Pinterest. So you can, yeah. I, I guess I'm answering my own question here. You can work with any shape or format, can you, on Pinterest? Well, not exactly. That's the interesting part. So the way it works, if you're not used to seeing this in Pinterest, um, the way it works is there is no horizontal constraint. So, you know, you can make an infographic or what I call a pinatorial, which is like an advertorial old school thing where, you, you know, yeah. you have, you know, maybe make it 20 inches long and you just write paragraphs of text or images and or step-by-step -step guides and um, there's no in Pinterest there's no horizontal constraint so you can make a very tall rectangular image and pin it uh, there is a, a left-right constraint so um, oh I, I apologize I got it wrong there's no vertical constraint I always get these mixed up so <laughs> I was following so lengthwise you can have a very tall rectangular image you cannot have a very wide rectangular image so you can format things in Photoshop elements to be extremely tall rectangulars like infographics generally are yeah and they go right into Pinterest no problem at all so that's really the format constraint Got it. And one other thing that I was kind of surprised about, because I am a complete kind of Pinterest novice, Jason, I use it a little bit, but clearly don't use it to the full extent to which it can be used. I understand that you can actually pin a little bit more than images. There's other sort of file types that can be added to Pinterest. What are they? Yeah, so that's right. So um, Pinterest started with photos 
and video relatively quickly. And then now there's actually four, I guess you could call them, you know, modalities or four types of objects that you can pin. Obviously it's photos and YouTube videos. And the tech guys will know there's a difference between YouTube videos and other platform uh, videos. So there, so YouTube works, but other platforms like Vimeo don't. Right. It has something to do with the type of um, encoding they use. And then the third type of uh, object you can pin is a slideshow, show, a slide share slide. And they play very well in Pinterest. It's cool. So you can have a whole presentation on SlideShare and um, you know, put it into Pinterest and it'll play straight in. Um, and then the fourth type is uh, SoundCloud audio recording. And so any MP3 can be put into SoundCloud and then shared on Pinterest and it'll play right in Pinterest. It won't drive people out of it to, to work. It'll just play straight in it. You know, a lot of marketers have the opportunity to use very different modalities. Got it. So do you just take the embed code for each of those modalities and then just plug it into the URL option where you um, put your pin in? I think you have an option to upload or, or, or select a URL. Is that where those embed codes would go? Yep. Yeah. Pretty, pretty straightforward. Got it. Simpler than I thought. There you go. Cool. Well, let's jump back to kind of like getting this this thing set up correctly. We we t- we talked about the website element. I'm yeah. a search guy, so uh, yeah. I'd be particularly interested in kind of setting your profile up to you know benefit from potential search traffic within Pinterest. What are some of your kind of tips for getting your profile set up in terms of keyword placement and really tapping into <clears throat> that available traffic inside Pinterest? Sure. Well, there there are two parts of it. One would be search within Pinterest, and then one would be Google organic search. Um, the primary question is what the profile name is going to be. So, you know, whether you have a business name, you know, a corporate name you use, or your own personal account. Um, what we did for Liberty Jane Clothing was my wife's name is fairly distinct. Her name is Cinnamon, just like the spice. Yeah. And so her profile name in Pinterest is pinterest.com slash cinnamon miles. But then once you set that as your profile, you can actually change the name of your account. And so with hers, we said on the name cinnamon miles at Liberty Jane clothing. So when you search for Liberty Jane clothing and Pinterest, you you'll see cinnamon miles pop up. So the name that you choose matters. The other thing that it matters for is Google organic search. Um, I have noticed for my own profile, I, I did the same construct. My profile is um, pinterest.com slash Jason Miles. And then I did um, for my username, marketing on Pinterest with Jason Miles. And in my first pin, this is fascinating for a search guy, probably my first pin board in Pinterest is entitled marketing on Pinterest and the description of it is all about you know using Pinterest for marketing blah 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 now when I have that pin board that first one be that topic my search results in Google are stronger for the keyword marketing on Pinterest than if it's if I move that pin board somewhere else um, Interesting. so 
those elements, I, and I'm not a search wizard or anything like that, but I do know that those elements matter in your search results for Google Organic. So, so those are some of the questions. So you want to have your username set up well. You have a description. You want to have a description that makes sense to new people who might find you. If you're all about, um, you know, podcasting, then you want to obviously say who you are and what you do. Have a great headshot. Um, you know, people are following people. I always think that a personal profile is stronger than a corporate profile. I always think that an, a person's picture is stronger than a corporate brand, you know, logo. And then the real trick is what do you curate or collect? And that's where you need to think through a strategy um, of, you know, how do you put together content that will be exciting to your prospective followers? Got it. Well, I guess from a, a content standpoint, um, that your own content surely has got to be the most valuable. What what value is there of repinning other people's content on your own pin boards? Yeah, I think there is value in it. I, I think the fundamental mindset that you want to bring to Pinterest is that you want to act as a curator of content for people in your niche industry or fascinated about your product line. So, you know, if your niche or industry is podcasting, I'm just choosing that for fun, um, <laughs> then you could curate the world's best podcast recordings. Yours would be front and center, but you would also have podcasts from other, you know, well-known people or things that are really great, the best of the best. So that if someone says, hey, I, you know, I'm, I'm looking for somebody who's really helping me understand the best of the best in terms of podcasting. Um, they stumble into you and they feel like they hit the gold mine uh, of content. You know, that's, that's the fundamental mindset you want to bring to this, that you want to serve your prospective followers and, and curate content that they will find extremely valuable. And, you know, the world is so fragmented and there's just so much content so much volume of information that if you really, really get laser beam focused and serve a niche market, you can do very, very well in terms of getting people interested in following you. And obviously for Liberty Jane Clothing, uh, my wife's business that revolves around sewing and fabric and patterns. Um, obviously for my own work in Pinterest. It revolves around marketing on Pinterest and marketing in general. Um, and that's why people would find me and follow me. Got it. That that makes perfect sense to me. Looking at it a, a kind of a, a curation exercise and understanding what's going to draw your audience in and then trying to then um, transfer them over to your own products or services and, and putting your own content out there up center um makes makes perfect sense to me it's a kind of conversion strategy i guess and um, i'm really interested yep. in kind of yep. digging deep into some traffic tips jason because this show is all about traffic if my understanding is yep. right i guess we've got to look at pinterest you know from two angles in terms of traffic one would be to increase your audience on pinterest and get more people following you but also using it as kind of a referral engine and then moving people from pinterest 
to your own products and services and website. Let's talk about that first part. First of all, what are some good strategies for increasing your followership and getting more people finding your Pinterest profile? Yeah, there are a couple things that we've found that work well. I wouldn't claim that we're, you know, gurus at it or have any magic. There are certainly people who have um, done an, a phenomenal job. There are people who have millions of followers in Pinterest uh, organically, no games. It's not rigged. Wow. It's not bots. It's not fake. Um, so it is possible to have a massive following. Um, you know, for Liberty Jane Clothing right now, I think we're right around 6,000 uh, followers. And we started in December of 2011. So just, uh, what, 13 months ago, something like that. So we're excited by that. Our best suggestion is that it's kind of counterintuitive. But what you, what you probably want to do, what we recommend that you do, is set up a good Pinterest profile, curate content that you think your followers will like, get you know, eight or ten pin boards with collections of, of content, and then use your other social media or uh, other media channels to invite people, your existing people, your fans, followers, and customers to fo follow you on Pinterest. So basically setting up your Pinterest profile and then inviting everybody like have a grand opening and invite them to start following you. Now here's what will happen. Uh, they're either already in Pinterest and they'll start following you. And then when they repin your content, their friends will be exposed to you, which is a good thing. Or if they're not in Pinterest yet and you provoke them to joining it, they will like you as one of their first people that they're you know, following and they'll go and find all of their friends from Facebook or Twitter and follow them as well and their friends will find them. You'll be exposed to their social circle. So either way, setting up a profile and sort of inviting all of your newsletter you know, followers or readers and all of your Facebook fans, those kinds of people uh, to follow you is sort of the very first step and that'll launch your site. If you do that step well, you'll get a pop at the beginning of followers. And you can obviously do that over months, you know, where you continue to remind people about your Pinterest work. So that's sort of step one. And then going from there, it is a function of curating content. Uh, the more frequently you pin an item or repin someone else's content, and it's good content, it's a good item, the more people will like it, repin it, and will ultimately follow you. So there, there is a certain degree of just time on the site and work on the site um, that influences your you know, overall followership. But I would say the first thing, the most important thing, is to set it up and then throw that grand opening celebration party. Got it. And I'd be interested to know, Jason, as a kind of uh, Pinterest-aholic, how much time do you spend on Pinterest yourself? Not that much. Last year when I was really learning everything, it was maybe 20, 30 minutes a day. Now it's maybe 20, 30 minutes, three days a week. It really runs itself. The beautiful part about Pinterest, this is the other amazing part, is it's not conversation-centric. Yeah. Uh, there are no there there's very very little 
you know, commentary people are throwing on my collection right now that I have to respond to. There, there's very little communication, <laughs> which is like, is, is like uh, social media nirvana to ha- be able to, you know, get tons of referral traffic out of the site, but not have to answer the question after question after question or, or the, you know, drama or the jerks or that kind of thing. <laughs> so you can be on there very quickly and elegantly. If you know what you're curating and focused on, you know, pinning and what you're looking for, you can do that very effectively. Sure. Yeah. And I guess it's not too time sensitive either. I mean, it's not like a, uh, a Facebook or a Twitter that, that is very instantaneous. You put that post or tweet out there and, and then you're either going to get a response there and then, or, or you're not. Pinterest seems to kind of be a little bit more sort of long term, doesn't it? Yeah. So what, what I describe that is the difference between a real time sharing site and a curation site. In that regard, Pinterest is a lot more like YouTube, where you know you publish something and it'll just sit there for years, and people will find value in it for years. Uh, Pinterest is more like that. Um, the people at Bitly, the chief scientist there is named Hillary Mason, and they've done research to describe what they call uh, the half-life of a socially shared item. And as you might guess, on Twitter, it's like, you know, a few minutes. Yeah. And on Facebook, it's not very long. On YouTube, it's much, much longer. And then they haven't released the full findings yet about their Pinterest, um, you know, data. But I would believe that it's much, much longer than even YouTube. So the half-life of the objects are, are extremely long. And that phrase means how long does it take to get half of all of the socially um, shared interactions. So a comment, a like, a repin, a retweet, that kind of thing. Got yeah. it. Got it. And that would make perfect sense. Excellent. Good. Well, let's look at the other side of the coin now and, and talk about how we'd move people from Pinterest to our own website or products and services. What are some of the strategies that you put in play, perhaps with Liberty Jane, Jason, to um, move people from Pinterest? to the Liberty Jane website? Well, so that's, this is really to us as in terms of marketers, you know, this is really what it's all about. Is are you getting referral traffic and is it converting? Um, and so just the basic stats for us, you know, when I described our founding story on Pinterest where we started to pay attention to it, you know, we would get referral traffic out of YouTube uh, about 800 visits um, a month. Out of Facebook, it was over 1,200 to 1,600 a month. Well, Pinterest came along and started to creep up close to that. Um, Now it's the case, a year and a half later, that Pinterest drives five to six times more traffic than our Facebook um, fan page. Wow. And it drives at least 10 times more than our YouTube um, that's staggering. You know, it is. We still just can't believe how good a source of referral traffic we found in Pinterest. <laughs> you know, you work your brains out to try to build up a YouTube, you know, account or a, a Facebook account. And, you know, we know how long it took us and how hard it was to get, you know, traction on those sites. 
and then have Pinterest come along and just obliterate them. It's just a, <laughs> it's a work of art. Well, no wonder um, you got so excited so, you were to book so on So let me describe for everybody what's happening in Pinterest. I know, exactly, I did. <laughs> um, and I want other people to leverage it, man. I mean, it's painful to me when I see people who aren't <laughs> using Pinterest. Seriously, it is. Yeah. It's just like, man, do it. So let me describe what's happening. I mean, basically, what if you look at it one way, it's really funny. Ben Silberman was on the display ad team at Google. And he wasn't an engineer, and he felt stymied in terms of his career there. He was there for several years, and so he left to start his own thing. Well, what did he start? First, he dabbled in apps, but then obviously when he got on the idea of Pinterest and he built Pinterest, he basically built a display ad system that's free that drives more traffic than display ads because I use Google display ads for marketing I know exactly how the math works and he basically built this and then and on top of it he you know if I would have said to him when he worked at Google hey can I have no horizontal constraint on my display ad can it go for <laughs> like you know the full length of a website's right hand side it was like of course you can't do that <laughs> you know you have the 250 by 250 or you know you got your skyscraper but he basically built a system of display ads that is a social construct that people are just crazy over. So um, the way the referral traffic works specifically is when you pin an item, uh, you have a URL that's associated with that item. And when that item is clicked on in Pinterest, uh, then it takes you to that URL. So as a, e-commerce guy or a content marketer obviously you want to have a that's why I say you want to have a unique image for every post or page so that that URL that's associated with the image drives back to the specific you know unique page you don't want your URLs in Pinterest to all just be to your top level domain you want them to drive to uh, the specific item you know whether it's an article or a uh, you know product um, and that's the mechanism by which traffic is driven and there's not there aren't a lot of tricks uh, you know you pin your best stuff and if people are interested in it they go to it the top source of traffic going into Pinterest um, is generally from Etsy um, you know, people from Etsy go and look at stuff in Pinterest. The top source of traffic leaving Pinterest and going to sites, uh, the top sites are Etsy and Amazon. Right. So from the very beginning, it is the case that this is this is all about e-commerce. And so you can you can ride that wave along with lots of other companies. Um Nice. And have you been able to track down to conversions, Jason? You obviously know very well the, the traffic stats. How much of that um, traffic to your business is actually converted into sales themselves? It's a good question. So we set up uh, our Google Analytics this last year, and we're still learning how to do this exactly. Uh, but we had some guys help us so that we can track um, you know, the source uh, of the traffic and then how it converts. Um, 
we know that Pinterest traffic converts well there for us um, compared to the other social sites. Other companies are claiming that it converts like Sephora. I just saw a thing in, um, in LinkedIn, I think a couple days ago, and I believe it was Sephora. And I believe they made a claim that Pinterest traffic converted like some astronomically higher percentage than Facebook. Ours is not crazy like that. It converts, but it doesn't convert crazy different. Mm -hmm. um, but we, but the difference for us, and I'm using Facebook because that's our, our biggest kind of social media site that we would compare it to. The problem you have in tracking it compared to Facebook for us is we advertise in Facebook. So we're deliberately paying to find brand new people who will see us for the first time and then we'll, we'll buy. I think that inflates the conversion uh, stats for our Facebook um, traffic compared to Pinterest, but Pinterest still wins. In Pinterest, when, when your customers and fans and followers start pinning stuff, those referral links, you call them, I guess, backlinks, but they're referral links, um, they're on hundreds or even thousands of different Pinterest accounts. For us, for our business, the last time I looked, I think we had over 9,500 or 9,600 uh, referral links in Pinterest pointing to our e-commerce site. Well, if you look at what happens in Facebook, what you'll see for your work and for the way it works for ours is you'll have just a couple referral links that drive all your traffic. And the reason that that's <laughs> of interest is because uh, last August, year, I guess it was August 2011, Facebook shut our account down. They, they shut our, our fan page down. And they were doing some huge cleanup or sweep and thought that our account was, I guess, fake. I don't know. <laughs> but it that traffic from Facebook immediately vaporized. It went to like nothing. Um, and so it took us several days to go through the process of authentication and they were cool, you know, and they turned it back on and there was no harm and no foul. Um, but it took several days where our traffic was obliterated. Um, that literally couldn't happen in Pinterest um, unless they blocked our top level domain, I suppose. But if someone's account gets closed, we don't care. Even if our account got closed, mm -hmm it wouldn't be that big a deal because we have, you know, 9,000 referral links spread across, across Pinterest pointing back to our e-commerce site. Yeah. I mean, and again, for an, for an SEO guy that I am, that nice kind of um, level of social signals that you'll have and that beautiful backlink diversity is all the sort of stuff that gets me excited as a, as an SEO geek. So yeah, it's definitely, I know. it's definitely unique in that regard. Yeah. Jason, well, I think we should kind of, wrap things yep. up there you've been uh, extremely generous with um, your information I, i've got a, a wealth out of it as a kind of a um, pinterest novice where can our listeners go to find out more about you sure a couple of things um marketing on pinterest.com is the blog and so i you know i'm not as active as i was last year to be honest because i'm writing a new book on instagram and it'll be coming out well, I was going to um, ask you about later that. this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Instagram is the new craze for us. <laughs> and uh, so that's fun. Maybe we can do a session on Instagram sometime in the future. 
But uh, marketingonpinterest.com is where I blog. And then the book that's out now is Pinterest Power. It's a bestseller. It's on Amazon and in bookstores. It's paperback and Kindle. I have another book that's actually an Amazon number one bestseller called Craft Business Power. And it's really designed for home-based businesses, people who are in the craft space, uh, you know, um, fabric stuff, jewelry stuff, those kinds of people. But, you know, you can find my profile on Amazon and my, uh, my books there. And that's about it. Awesome. Well, I'll make sure that the links are placed in the show notes wherever this episode appears. And yeah, perhaps we can get you back on sometime in the future and do it all again concerning Instagram. That'll be a lot of fun. There you go. Sounds great, man. Excellent, Jason. Thanks so much and uh, catch you soon. All right, James. Take care. Okay, so this week's news in traffic. Now, the big news coming out of Google in the past 10 days or so is the official announcement via video of their forthcoming release of Google Glass. And these are the kind of cool augmented reality glasses. Now, I reported about this over on my SEO news videos at seosherpa.com. And these glasses really are kind of a mix of... um, I guess like Apple Siri voice activated technology along with Google search and everything that comes with that. Now it really is a big move for Google further into the technology space and the technology as we can see it looks absolutely amazing. Everything is activated by the command OK Glass and the technology includes video, photo, video conferencing, um, directions, Google search that all appear on this tiny little screen on the inside of the glasses. Now, it really does bring Google search and all the the functionality that comes along with that right into our everyday lives. And more importantly, it moves Google further from this information engine that it started out as, you know, a few years back to becoming this kind of knowledge engine that really does integrate into our everyday lives. Now, it's making Google search much more accessible. And that really is interesting if you're an SEO marketer or Google AdWords marketer. I'm sure there's going to be great advertising spin-offs um, forthcoming that really will tie into Google Glass. So keep your eyes peeled for developments. Release is planned for later in the year 2013. In other news, well, you might well have heard of it first here on Traffic Jam and my interview with Victoria Gibson. Facebook are really starting to push their graph search facility. It's in beta. People are getting test access to it right now. And this is the integrated search engine that's inside of Facebook. Now, Facebook have published a promotional video all about graph search. And because it's in beta, you can request access if you're lucky enough to be in the United States. So if you are, go check it out and tell us what you think about the functionality of graph search. Right, I've got a shout out from the web and it's a big holler to Ernesto who mentioned us on Facebook and he said, Traffic Jam Cast, wow, I really recommend you listen to this show. The content is killer content. Well, I'd have to agree, Ernesto. <laughs> Just joking. Big appreciation for the kind words, my friends. And uh, again, please keep listening. Trafficjamcast.com. Now, if you have a comment or even a question for me, you would like me to answer on the show, head on over to trafficjamcast.com. 
There's an audio message button or you can leave a text message via the leave a message button that appears on the top right corner of the site. And if you do send us a message, I'm pretty sure that I'll feature it on the forthcoming show. So head on over now to trafficjamcast.com and leave us your questions and comments. This week's one minute traffic tip. If you've got great stuff going on in your business, then shout about it using paid online press releases. Not only do good online press release services get you wide syndication of your news releases and often tens of thousands of page impressions, but they can get your news on some of the most prominent websites on the internet like Yahoo News and others. Now they're great for SEO because they get you a wide diversity of backlinks, but most importantly, they get your message out there. Now I've had several contacts this week from potential customers in the USA and the UK, which is many thousands of miles away from me here in Dubai, as well as interview requests. Now also, because a lot of people subscribe to news updates via RSS, you can then get your message retweeted and appearing on Facebook without any effort at all. Now, I really would recommend you look into this strategy. We're producing about one press release on average per day right now, and it really has been worth the investment for us. Now, the paid press release service that we recommend is PR Web, and uh, you can check that out over at prweb.com. Right, before we close out today's episode, I've got a quick announcement, and that is that Jason Mars has kindly donated a signed copy of his book, Pinterest Power, which right now is winging its way over to me in Dubai, over the Atlantic Ocean from the US. And we've decided that we want to give that book away to the top commenter on this week's podcast. So head on over to trafficjamcast.com, leave us your comments or leave us your questions. Jason's going to be popping by and answering your questions on Pinterest and the book will go to either the best question or the best comment. So uh, head on over there now and be in with a chance of winning the book. That's it for episode two. I hope you've enjoyed the show. If you have, please head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. I really would appreciate that. Playing us out this week is a classic track and it's Unfinished Sympathy by Massive Attack. Subscribe for future episodes and check out the website, trafficjamcast.com.